2: Nah, it was like 20 seconds, but if we gonna go home, we <laughs> get the interview back rolling. But the point of it was that a lot of people got anxious. Yeah. But
3: 10 to 20 seconds, one minute is a lot. You start counting, damn, that was 10 already. Let's get back to it. What did that 10 cost you? A conversation about political, economic, and welfare. Well, this is The War Room. Peace family, it's 19 Keys, it's the War Room Podcast. We back for episode three. today, I myself, I'm in the War Room seat, you understand me? And I brought the guy, Steve Jones, to ask me some powerful, deep, dangerous. But also we in the safe space, you understand me, for these type of conversations on the war room, so we gonna jump back into it. Nothing is off limits, you understand me? And we're gonna give the people access to the mind of the guest. Today I happen to be my own guest and my brother. Is helping me today. I grew up with my brother since we was three feet tall. You understand me?
2: <laughs> I'm still three feet tall. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but we still got a lot of growing to do. It's just a physical growth. You know what I'm
2: talking about? <laughs> now nah, my brother, how you feeling today, man? Hey, I'm so blessed that I'ma need two of me to enjoy it all. Yes, sir. How you feeling today? Man, I'm amazing by Lost Grace. You know what I'm talking about? I'm ready yes, to go sir. to war. Yes, sir. Okay, so speaking of war, you know, everybody, if you know Mr. 19 Keys, call himself the dangerous black guy yes, because sir. he don't hold back. And so today we're gonna keep on the same vibration, and I'm gonna ask him some serious questions that you're gonna learn something from, or it might be controversial. And my first question I wanna ask you today, Mr. Keys, is. When you hear the term Black America, what are the first thing that come to your mind? Ah, Black America, man, it's, it's, it's really, to be honest, it's
3: unfortunate. You know what I mean? Mm. The reason I say that is because I think about all of the potential that Black America has yeah. and what it should represent, but what it doesn't. Um, I think of a people who have the greatest ability on the planet Earth to make and manifest and produce something of value, but who own none of the value that they actually produce. You know, so Black America, on the positive side, though, is the culture of the world. You know what I'm saying? That's, to me, what Black America is, right? It's a, a group of people in North America who have... A spirit that's been conditioned, that has been primed for greatness. But there's obstacles and frustration in a way before we can get to that level of what I believe that we're destined for. And to be quite frank, I believe that we're meant to be the minds and spiritual rulers of this world. You understand me? To lead the rest of the diaspora into the hereafter. You know, and that hereafter just represents a new world coming into fruition, especially when we look at
2: this old world, these old systems, these old institutions and how everything been built. Okay, I I like that. I like that. I heard when you answered your question that you said you feel like black America is meant to be the leaders in the future. So by the year 2053, when you hear the word black America, what do you picture?
3: You know, I always talk about my 2053 goal for black America, and that's for us to have wealth. One of the biggest issues that have been reported to us is this impression idea that by 2053, we're gonna have 0% assets, essentially. You understand me? Essentially meaning we're gonna have 0% wealth, but my 2053 plan is the fact that black people will have the same amount of wealth proportioned to our population. And that's also taking in the thought process that we're going to have a population growth, right? By 2053, I want to see more families. I want to see us owning more land. You understand me? I want to see us owning more assets. I want to see the normal household income rise for black families in America. I want to see our last names attached to products and service and industry. I want to see us leaders in the technology sectors and investments and wealth. And I want to see us to have a lot of these problems that we have today resolved. You understand me? And I believe through family, Through land, through wealth building, through business, right? And also having a deeper understanding of our own spiritual beliefs, right? I think Mm. that, you know, black people do a lot of religion, but they don't
2: understand a lot of God. You understand me? Uh, So, with, with the black people not understanding a lot about God, but, you know, also knowing religion, how important is it for black people? to be in tune with the universe on a mental, spiritual, and physical level. Well, you know, I think that all black people should become lawyers. Yeah, and can you get into full depth on that when you say they should become lawyers? Well, I mean, spiritual lawyers
3: that understand the laws of the universe. Mm. You know, the issue is, most people understand the law of attraction. That's just one law. But you can't utilize that law in all circumstances and situations. If you got a court case, you understand? We both done had cases before, yeah. And you go to court and you're trying to use one law and one statute right for something that has nothing to do with your court case, you most likely go lose, right? Absolutely. And a lot of people got cases right now in real life, with they're utilizing the wrong laws to get themselves out or to attract and produce what they want to win, right? So it's like there's a law of superior confidence. You understand me? There's a law of focus. There's laws of many different things that we can utilize in different situations that will allow us to be able to master our world and our universe. And I believe that once we start to master the laws of the universe, which act in a mathematical function, which is basically the teaching and learning how to utilize our mind in the way the universe works. Yeah. We study science, physics, metaphysics. You know, we, we study a lot of different things, but we don't have a true understanding and we don't have a grip and a mastery. Those who control, rule, and own this world, they understand the laws of the universe. Those who are successful, that make it to the 1%, whether it's subconscious or unconscious, they operate within the laws of the universe, right? So when I started operating in that particular thought pattern and process, whether it's the law of focus, being able to concentrate on something for a prolonged period of time, right? We always hear the 10,000-hour mastery goal, but that's going to take you about three years. If we really want to put in 10,000 hours, that's like at least three to four years, right? College and high school represents 10,000 hours. Yeah. But we don't come out of college and high school with any mastery. We go through from age one through four, no mastery. Four through eight, no mastery. You understand me? Eight to 12, 12 to 16, 16 to 20, 20 to 24. There's no mastery going on. Yeah. So I would like for us to be able to operate at a higher level on all levels and stop taking things for granted because to be honest, hmm and, and, and it's not just black people, but it's just the 2021 version of people, this generation, we can't focus on nothing. You yeah. know? Like, like if I ask this question, and it go for me and you, and this is everybody that's watching as well. If you took every idea that you had, that you came up with, every genius one that you ever thought of, and you truly executed on it 100%, percent you will be in a much better place in life. Yeah. Like if you was able to actually focus, the difference between, I believe, this is the chief difference between successful people and failures in life, it's your ability to focus,
2: And that was, from start to finish. That was going to be my next question for you, I heard you said that most people only know the law of attraction, so can you explain to the people how important it is for the law of focus? The law of focus is, I believe, one of the most important, it's like
3: um, your brain is scattered, you understand me? It's like yeah. uh, when light is scattered, you gonna see that rainbow effect. You understand me? You see the different spectrums. But when it's focused, it's a laser. You understand me? And that laser can point to something and it can burn through it. You understand me? And that central point of focus is directed energy, right? Concentration is prolonged focus. If you can concentrate on something for a prolonged period of time, you can manifest and produce anything into reality. So the law of focus saying that, yo, I want to get into NFTs, boom. The moment I start and the moment I don't quit is how I make a new habit. I tell people all the time, it don't take 21 days to make a habit. Take one. The day you start and the day you don't quit. The difference is most people don't understand the law of self-control. They don't understand the laws of focus. So you start something and you get distracted. You know, the devil's job is to keep the mind distracted. The mind of God is one that's completely focused. If you have a locked in, you in the zone, and that area of your brain, whatever you're thinking about is only thinking about that. But then yeah. I understand that we have thousands upon thousands of thoughts per day, right? But 70 to 80% of them, according to science, are negative, right? So that means that your positive thoughts, your strong thoughts, get weakened and get dampened by self-doubt, yeah. by negative thinking that persist. So you have to create an environment that is conducive to you having those positive thoughts actually live and being brought out, right? Otherwise, you're gonna abort those thoughts, you're gonna procrastinate, you're gonna lose focus, and then you're going to indulge yeah. in something that keeps you even more distracted. So the goal with that law of focus is number one, rooting out the distractions in life, clearing them out. Like when well, my mind is clear and I'm not distracted, cause you know, this year I've been going through a lot of different business battles. And it takes away from what I'm really good at, right? Yeah. And because that situation has negative effect, then it affects my entire environment of my mind, poisoning my other thoughts. Let's start this. Well, we can't start this right now. You need to finish this. I don't know about this. You understand me? Like all of these you know, negative thoughts creep up, and my good thoughts, for the most part, are 100% genius. And if I follow through with them and execute hundred percent, then I'll be exactly where I want to be based on my vision. So with that law of focus, you have to clear everything out. And that law of focus is really the law of concentration, as we will really call it. But it's more so being able to clear everything out your space, everything out your mind that's not necessary, every conversation, any and everything that has nothing to do with the alignment of your intentions. You understand yeah. me? That matches where you give your
2: attention. Okay, ooh, so I, I, I really like this. So you said something else that was key. You said a lot of people are distracted. So with it being 2021 at the current moment. Yeah, man. Why do you think the public school system are not creating a, a lot more entrepreneurs than, than it should be right now at the moment? School system ain't built for that. School system is made to make
3: servants, you understand yeah. me, Is it, it public servants, right? Um, a pool for those who think original, those who think outside the box, those who have grander ideas. If I can go look at the school system and I can pick from that pool of my employees that's gonna come work for me, right? Now. Let's take in granted that there are some schools that turn out some good thinkers, right? But the most original thinkers are the ones who develop their mind on their own, that think for self and do for self. In my book, Paradigm Keys, I talk about abstract thinking versus technical thinking and how school was designed to domesticate the mind, to make you a technical thinker, meaning do as I say. Don't come up with your own creative way. Don't question everything about the process. And along that way of becoming a better student, you're losing your creative learning abilities. Because creative learning can be strengthened. Creativity is something you do. You understand me? Meaning that you can master it, you can train the brain to be Mm -hmm. more creative. And so the average student comes out of high school less creative. The average student comes out of college less creative. Why? Because you're stuck in an environment that's constrained by rules that you must follow. And the more you follow those rules and think less on your own, the better you will be as a student. Right? Yeah. So that's why the class clown that was diagnosed with ADHD, you understand me, is now a comedian making millions of dollars, and the students that got A's are now working for him on set or her on set. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that were A students in, at, at school but failures in life, and there's a lot of students that were F students, D students, C students, you understand me, and failed school but are successful in life. Right, so. The fact that we even measure ourselves by A, B, C, D, E, F, we're putting ourselves in this classification to be graded like animals based on what our potential is. And it has nothing to do with our potential, with our abilities to learn, with the possession of the brilliance of our minds, our skill sets, our talents. So it's unfair. It leaves us at a disadvantage. And it's not even enough male teachers to mentor young boys to teach them in a proper way right yeah. which the school system was specifically designed that way when by horace mann you know he set it up and said that he wanted more women to work in that position because he believed that it wasn't a high level job right yeah. and he believed that women should be in that duty therefore it should be low level pay right yeah. so to this day it's the one place that women don't have to fight to get their rights there's always going to be more <laughs> women teaching than there are men And that's a chief issue with reality today and why young boys are not getting mentored the right way because they don't have enough male figures in authoritative Mm. positions in their life rearing them in the right capacity.
2: Now, that just led me to my next question. As you just look around the world today in 2021, you can see the demasculization of black men going on around everywhere you look. You see little Nas X, they praise them. You see guys, I even seen some of your favorite rappers painting their nails selling them. So, what what do you what is the importance of black masculinity? Black masculinity is the true savior of this world for me. Um
3: and the reason I say that and of course, you know, black female femininity as well because that's the structure and that's the conditions in which we are able to rule our own world for ourselves. Yeah. The masculine mind is able to will things into existence, right? Once you, if you was to look at the biology of the black body and how it coincides with our testosterone levels and how that's connected to what's considered to be bio photons, right? Uh, A light energy that our body emits that allows us to heal and it connects us to the fabric of reality. When you have low testosterone, that light, that energy, that will is low. When you have high testosterone, it's balanced, then it's higher, right? That light that you emit on that scale is higher, allowing you to produce your will into reality. So the black man's will has been compromised. The things that he wanna produce in this reality, he can't do it because he's not in his biological function to act as he was intended by nature, which is to be a God, to be able to be, and it is. You look at every other group in society right now, the LGBT group, the, the trans group, right? Yeah. The Asian group, the Jewish group, the women's rights group, they're able to get their will produced in reality. They can organize, focus, strategize, and produce. They go in power. Power is a very masculine order, yeah. right? So what happened when you don't see enough black men producing from their will? It's because they've been emasculated. So they don't even want power, right? You know, I studied uh, my good brother, Dr. Wesley. I can send him a mentor or such, right? Yeah. And I read all his books. We had a good interview before. And he gives a b- great breakdown on the target and or the agenda of a feminization and the target of black male, masculine, black male masculinity. And, you know, the unfortunate reality is a lot of men today... Uh, and and then you gotta we gonna talk about black women on that same situation. Don't want to be men. They believe that it comes with too much pressure, right? Yeah. But see, a real man accepts pressure. I mean, he yeah. accepts the pain. He accepts the, the problems, the lessons, the adversity. adversity. Yeah, as my brother Derek Grace said, adversity builds character. That's the ABC of manhood. You understand yeah. me? But. When it comes to being a man, there also is the side of being honorable, being respectful. You understand me? Knowing how to speak, knowing how to, um, when it comes to putting together situations instead of getting super hostile, right? A man knows how to be able to foster communication and resolve issues, right? But when these things are lacking and his emotions are heightened, he's fearful, he's insecure, this creates a situation of violence. This creates a situation where men quit and men procrastinate, right? So that masculine order is talking about men being able to dedicate themselves to self-determination, to act with willpower. You understand me? Like a human being in their natural role and function don't have to be taught the laws of the universe because they will naturally act within them, right? But without black masculinity, there is no future for the world. Yeah. Not just for the world, right? Yeah. Because when we think about civilizations that came into fruition throughout time, right? Those, you know, Egypt, if you go look at Egypt, there would be no pyramids. If it wasn't masculine men setting out on these grand visions to produce something into reality. You understand me? Yeah uh, great civilizations coming together in order is based on masculine ideas. Now there's also the feminine aspect of all men and all women on the planet earth, right? That of course, understanding our emotions, it's a feminine thing to do, expression, our emotions, proper communication. There's different ways and different things that are feminine and are good, but the whole embodiment and expression of masculine energy is the male. The whole and expression of feminine energy is the female. But what happens is black women today, I think, are some of the biggest corporates when it comes to, you know, the emasculation of the male. And mostly by celebrating the emasculated men. Mm. You understand me? They friends, they are gay. Okay?
2: <laughs>
3: Kick it with them. And there's nothing wrong, like, you know, you go have mm-hmm. your friends. Even the cartoons. Right. <laughs> and mostly it's because those men are mostly more feminine than the women they hanging with. So they around them absorbing their feminine energy because they've been so compromised. So when I hear the thought process, why don't more black men protect more black women? Well, protection and that role of function, that's what real men do, masculine men do. But when you get to the effeminated ones, fear gonna stop them. They ain't got no honor in them. You understand me? They ain't got no respect and love for women. My mom told me a long time ago, you know, not to respect a pimp. I don't, you know. That's the reality of it. I don't have no respect for pimps, right? Because they don't love women. Yeah. I can't respect a man
2: who don't respect women. Yeah, speaking of pimps, I, mean, I told you I'm gonna keep it real controversy for you all tonight. So with it, with the pimp era, like I, I feel like me personally did, that era is like kind of fading away because you know they created these new sites like OnlyFans and whatnot, where women can get on that and you know basically promote their own body. Mm. You know, the technology. The, the new technology, pimp. yeah. They, the technology is the pimp. So Facebook pimping. I wanna, I wanna know your take on how do you feel about women joining OnlyFans. <laughs>
3: Um, you know, well, first of all, OnlyFans is a technology platform that allows you to monetize your subscriber base, right? Whether you in there uh, painting art with your feet, you understand me, yeah. or whatever people do on the platform, right? It's a way to monetize. Now, women have, of course, learned, you understand me, and especially a lot of women without talents right, and skill sets yeah. and don't want to work, they rather utilize one of the oldest, right, Um, jobs in the world, which is the sex worker, you understand me? And and that's what they want to become sex workers without actually having to have sex. So a lot of women find it safer to be on the internet rather than to actually be having sex for money. Do you think it is degrading? Well, it depends on what they doing. I can't say that every woman with an OnlyFans account is degrading themselves. But I will say that there's a large percentage of women that are degrading themselves for money. The Almighty Dollar has become their God. And, and, and more so is it's more so about the part that, you know, easy money come and go, right? People don't really care about values. This generation don't like, this generation is all for the hoe culture. Like this generation celebrates the hoe culture. That's what this generation is about. How can I celebrate being a hoe? And they don't realize that the shit, they've just been programmed by it. The music, TVs, where you get your ideas from. That's always the thing. Most people are slaves, right, to the media, slaves to the producers and the writers and somebody else's agenda. So if you watch on TV where it's celebrating whole culture because you listen to to, uh, watching the dynamics of a relationship or you see something trending on social media, it's going to start to influence your thoughts, right? So now your thoughts are being influenced so now you got a whole different spin on what whole culture is in the first place now you see it as freedom instead of slavery you understand me so it has changed because at the end of the day before we can talk about what women are doing on only fans, we got the the whole culture comes from the pimp culture When no pimp culture ain't no whole culture right so women believe now taking that aspect of that in their lives and taking control and ownership of it gives them power right so they basically saying i would rather degrade myself than let a man degrade me right we take it back to we ran into nelly the other day but you take it back to nelly's tip drill video there were protests right you know, BT after dark. You know, I can't tell you if I watched it or not. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying. I, I watched. That it. was a video. <laughs> Tip Drill was a video. But there was protests about that video. Yeah. You understand me? Now, female rappers saw they rap about this whole culture. Yeah. But those same female rappers, they may promote whole culture, but they in relationships. Yeah. And if somebody cheats on them they going on a ramp, a rampage on social media. Yeah. So they promote whole culture, but they don't celebrate it and live whole culture. Right? Because Cardi B don't let her daughter listen to her songs. Yeah. You understand me? Why? Because she don't want her taking part of whole culture.
2: So you think, dude, I wanna ask you another question that let me, you know, gave me a spark of thought in my mind just now. What are the things that this generation lack that our ancestors didn't, didn't let That's as far as question. morals and you know principles and you know f- being family oriented well I think you didn't said it all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> family morals <laughs> yeah. principles like this
3: generation respect money more than respect yeah like for real it used to be money power respect they just want money you know what I'm saying damn the damn the power damn the respect they don't have moral consciousness the same way because the things that we may have grown up where it was a line, they just see it as 2021. You know, that's my line for things that I find out of pocket. You know, I was at a, was that a was it, a grocery store? No, I was at a candle store, right? Getting a candle, getting a gift, right, for a special one. And um, the lady, I asked the lady, I said, is this male or female, right? And she said, oh, no, we genderless. And under my brow, I said, oh, 2021. She started laughing. Yeah. Now, the lady was a little butch, you understand me? I assume that, you know, she was a lesbian. Uh, but she started laughing, and I told her, I explained. I said, yeah, 2021, I always say that when I run into things that explain what time we in. You understand me? Yeah. <laughs> like, you never know, right. it's
2: unpredictable things year, that you Things know. that I
3: might not understand, but I don't have to. Oh, it's 2021, my bad, I forgot. Yeah. In this generation, this is not a generation of their own original thinking, right? Like, so we go back to the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. You can clearly define those generations by what they believed in, what they stood for, what they think. This generation is more about deconstructing everything from the last generations. Mm-hmm. You understand me? But it has yet to produce something better, right? It's one thing of deconstructionism. Right? Destroying structures, rules, cultures, values, yeah, and norms.
2: It's, it's another thing about replacing it with right. something that's, you know, that's going bridge to the, bridge the gap right. that you've been missing so long.
3: But I don't blame them because at the end of the day, I think you got to have a lot of empathy. This generation grew up with a technology that was vastly different than any other generation had to deal with. Technology and social media is a responsibility. You understand me? A grave responsibility. Right, and the fast pace in which young minds have to deal with the new world. Right, a person can't stop scrolling. Yeah. Can't focus their mind at all. Uh, everybody is stuck in each other's DMs. Everybody is grading each other comments. Everybody want more likes. We have social platforms built by billionaire genius to cipher our attention because their company model is profit over people, right? Yeah. So where we are in human history right now is a very self evident reality to where people have thrown away moral
2: consciousness, you understand me, and only want to go towards wealth consciousness. So, with people throwing away the consciousness, you know, only doing, going for wealth and scrolling up and down the phone all day, can you explain to the people the importance of digital detoxing? Absolutely,
3: man. Without a detox, man, your body doesn't have time to heal. You know, I was going through some business situations and the moment I was able to get over it, right? You play some T.D. Jakes, right? Yeah. And you know, I don't be listening to the pastors, but T.D. Jakes is a good speaker. But he said something key. He said, we be trying to deal with heart problems with our head when we supposed to deal with heart problems with the heart, right? Mm. And when you're dealing with head problem you have to deal with your head Meaning, you have to think logical mathematical reasonable reasonable rational right calculated strategic right and it's funny because on a macro level you can always look at your life in that situation right i'm dealing with a business situation but i was taking it too personal right so when i was able to remove my feelings and i shut off social media i had a great moment of reflection because he also said that Wisdom cures karma, right? Karma, mm. well, he didn't say that, somebody else said that. I ain't gonna give him that credit. Yeah, I ain't him that credit. But wisdom, see, wisdom allows you to correct things in real time without having to go through the full mistake, without having that energy having to come back to teach you that lesson that you didn't learn. Because karma is that energy being redirected back to you. Whatever you put out, you're going to get. Whatever you lessons you made somebody else learn, you gotta learn. Yeah. You understand the me? law
2: of cause and effect.
3: Law of cause and effect. But wisdom can override the karma. It can cure you of that needing to come back because the wisdom will allow you to understand and to know. So you don't have to relive it. Yeah. But human beings are more prone to pain than wisdom. So we got to learn through experience. You understand yeah. me? We want to make our own mistakes. Right? Yeah. So the great suffering that black America is going through right now is the fact that we are dealing with a head problem dealing with America. You understand me? We have to be a calculator, strategic planning people, but we've been dealing with it with our hearts, our yeah. emotions, our feelings. We want the world to love us. You understand me? To see our plight, to see our condition, to see our struggle. But when you look at the difference between why the civil rights movement hasn't worked, but the LGBT has, the women's rights movement is working, the Asian folks, when they want to get things working, it's working because they deal with it with their head.
2: Mm. None of them approached it with their heart. I like what you said. You said that the people, you said something along the lines that people embrace pain more than the wisdom. Absolutely. So with, with all the resources that we have now today in 2021, that you can you know, make money, create assets for yourself, ownership. How come the crime rate is still so high in Black America? Well, crime is connected to commerce.
3: You understand me? And ninety-nine percent of crimes are based on money, because everything in America is money-based. Yeah. You understand me? But I also want to get a caveat to the conditions that we in versus the conditions that white America in, right? It says that the average white man is more prone to violence and criminality, even though they're in less adverse conditions that will produce a human being to go into a criminal field, right? Yeah. So we always got to ask ourselves, why isn't there black people producing more crimes based on the conditions that we're in, <laughs> right? That's, that's really the reality. Yeah. And it's because we're not a people that's naturally prone to doing wrong. You understand me? We are a naturally morally upright righteous people. But people, environment is stronger than nature. Yeah. And now the environment is not talking about the physical encasing of where your physical body is, but we're talking about the mental encasing of where your mind is. See, Mm. when you keep a person deprived and starved, they always want more. You understand me? And in black America, the, the one thing that we need more is knowledge of self and we need to operate in the laws of confidence. See, when a person is stealing, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, when one steals, it's because they're insecure of their ability to produce, to manifest. When you don't believe in your own self-worth, you need to steal. You understand me? When a people have been robbed of their masculine energy, you need to kill instead of fight. You're afraid of adversity of checking somebody. You can't deal with your emotions when you in conditions where you are in a uh, neutrally uh, um, uh unavailable for foods or uh, food deserts is what i'm saying that causes criminality to spike up eating the wrong foods being educated in the wrong manner you understand me and feeling an overall lack in life you understand me makes you want more and you would do anything to get it because that's the american way the american way is based on criminality yeah. america is a crime State, You understand me? Like, but at the same time, we're talking about systems. For yeah. every systematic oppression, there needs to be a systematic solution. right? And some of us, to be quite frank and honest, we're just lazy.
2: Yeah, you so, understand me? Uh, it's perfect. I was just scrolling through my phone for my next question. And you basically, you on, you right on your lines with what I was thinking. So you say like now people are lazy but can you explain the importance of collaboration? Because for, in order for us to move forward in life, we are going to have to connect and link up as human beings. Instead of, you know, just, and we have to do it in person instead of steady doing it over the internet. So explain to the people the importance of collaboration. Man, collaboration is key,
3: man. You, you be around me, so you know I'm always calling people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always reaching out, whether a person has a bigger platform or a smaller platform. I reach out to people I respect. I reach out to those that I believe are doing something good in the culture, and we need to give each other access. You know, I ran into Nas at Snoo's birthday party, yeah. and uh, I ran into him, I said, peace, God, and he had a message for me. Yeah, can you, as soon as can you I explain
2: spoke. to us that message? What did Nas ask you? Well, he said something
3: along the lines. He said, listen, man, we all have our ways of going about fighting. You understand me? We all do it in different ways and different manners. You know, but at the end of the day, it's all for the same purpose, for the betterment of our people and our culture. You know, that's how we make this thing work, essentially. And, uh, you know, I was blown back because I wasn't expecting him to have a message for me when I yeah. seen him. You know, I last seen him at ComplexCon. Uh, whether it was just something that struck his heart when he seen me or whether he, had a, he may have seen a video or following the platform and, you know, just wanted to speak and, and deliver that message. You know, and it reminds me of something that uh, I was told that Jay-Z said to Nipsey Hussle. You know, J-Rock, Nipsey Hussle's cousin, family, and ex-bodyguard um, told me this at Dare Gray's birthday party. It was me, him, Wallow. Uh, I believe David Banner was back there as well. And he said, you know, you in places I can no longer go to, and I'm in places you can't get to. And this Mm is how we make this thing work. And for me, I think that's a good thesis as far as how black America's collaboration should work. You know, I don't have to be in the same room. We don't even have to be seen. But the mind of our agenda, the mind of our solution should always be in that room. And if we can give each other access, we can give each other power. We can give each other resources. You understand me? It could be sharing the name to somebody. It could be bringing somebody with you on something. It can be, you know, utilizing your platform to help somebody else's efforts. You know, there's so many different ways that that can go about, but, you know, as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad famously once said, our unity is an atomic bomb. You understand me? And I believe that. Right? So that when we can condense that energy together and we work together, it's an impossible. You understand me? It becomes yeah. easy. Right? Yeah. But now... Impossible seems like it's impossible, yeah. but the greatest impossibility is the unity of our people and our culture, but that's only going to come when we understand what unity is, right? There's yeah. a law of unity in how it actually works. There's a formula for how it works, right? You've got to have solidarity. You have to come together for a common cause, but you also have to have the same faith, vision, and values. Mm. And hello, one time, man. Say it again. You gotta have the same what? Faith, vision, and values. Yeah. And specifically for our people as well, the type of collaboration we talking about is like righteous collaboration. Right. Things that deal with the heart and the mind. You understand me? Because you're talking about people whose heart is in the same place, right? But I also realize that, you know, when Harriet Tubman was, she had the Underground Railroad, right? Yes. And uh, at different points of that railroad, there was different people that helped, white and black on both sides, right? Now, everybody that was helping along the railroad wasn't trying to make it up to the north of the free state, right? There might even be some black people that was helping that wasn't trying to get all the way to freedom. Maybe you felt the road was too dangerous. My point is that you know, there's going to be people that's going to get off at certain stops. Yeah. You understand me? There's going to be people that's going to help along the way. And in the collaboration of getting us to the future that we need to be, we have to realize that everybody don't have the full vision. Everybody not trying to make it to all the way to freedom. Some people are comfortable here. I got close enough. This is my stop. right? Because inside the vision, there's always somebody with an agenda. And the agenda don't go all the way to the vision. It stops till I got enough and I can go on my own way and do what I wanted to do with it. So if you automatically go in there with the wisdom of the human condition, right, the factors of greed, jealousy, agenda, right, Uh, narcissism, ego, all of these things that compile and add into it, then you're going in there properly prepared to make it all the way, right? Mm -hmm. Because everybody can't go. Nah. (laughs) It's going
2: to be the people
3: you leave. You got to leave behind. Yeah. So collaboration is key. It is the key, actually, but you have to be wary of the journey, you understand me? If we can give each other access overnight,
2: we can run the world, rule the world. It's that simple. Mm. Okay, now I know I just asked you about collaboration, but a key thing with doing any type of collaboration it's getting people who are going to put the action behind to executing their goals. So can you explain to the people the importance of work ethic?
3: Work ethic is 100%, man. You know, uh, most of the people in my life that I don't collaborate with that's close to me is because they don't have the same work ethic. They're not going to put in as much work as I'm going to put in. And oftentimes it's because their lack of experience. A lot of the work ethic is built when you're young the jobs you have when you're young, the things that you have to do to maintain and survive, it builds up character, right? Work ethic and character are friends. They go hand in hand. When you see somebody with a really good work ethic, you understand me, it allows them to build character because they learn about themselves, right? There's, this generation I believe don't have, and this is me, of course, generalizing, of course, and of course it's not true for all, but it can be generally said in a, little, in a sense that they don't have a great work ethic. But I understand because social media has made everything easy. You don't have mm-hmm. to catch a bus to go to a library, to get a book, to read it. You understand me? Get a library card, check it out, bring it back at a specific time. If you don't, you got to pay for it. That's a thirst for knowledge. You had to, you had to work just to go get you some knowledge. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you would have no access to it. Now, gosh, I want some knowledge. I can Google whatever I want to know. You understand me? i google whatever i want to know and it's there so what work ethic so when it goes from i have to put in considerable energy time and effort to get knowledge to where i have to do nothing at all it changes the value the perceived value of what that knowledge is Mm. when it's already yours for free what's the value of it you understand me Mm. and so now that goes with a lot of things you don't have to get dressed Go to the mall, find, uh, 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 go, go get your heart up to go talk to a woman. You understand me? You don't have to figure out how you can court someone.
2: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time.
0: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
3: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Or you want to go farther back. My mother and father met because my father was writing her letters. You understand me? Then you have to wait till somebody writes you a letter back. You have to
2: receive the letter, yeah. you have to write it, then you have to send it. Now the people don't have the time for all that. Nah. It, because everything is so fast now, nowadays. They don't have critical thinking skills in this generation. Absolutely. And so what skills <clears> do you need? You have to be a good writer.
3: Yeah, you understand me? You have you to have be to have, patient, definitely considerate, have good thoughtful.
2: Penmanship.
3: Right? Yeah. Like you, you really thinking out who you're with because you have to plan it. And then once you plan it, you have to be patient. So just the correspondence and the communication was on a whole nother level. Now, man, you could just slide in a DM of the most beautiful woman in the world if you want to and wait for a
2: response. Okay, well this year, <clears throat> excuse me. This year I've been practicing you know, personal and self-development and I noticed that once I write down my goals, I was able to attain, you know, the results on those goals. So can you explain the importance of a note to self? A note to self is like a vision
3: board, essentially. Yeah. You know, being able to visualize it before it comes into fruition. I, if I'm honest, like, the greatest things I've ever been able to do, I wrote them down before. And I say them out loud because I believe notes are extremely important, but I also believe speaking it out loud is equally important. And that's something my father, I heard him say a long time ago that you have to say it out loud. You have to give it sound and vibration, right? And allow the effects of cause and effect to happen. Allow it to ripple into the universe and to produce into reality. What separates human beings from animals? is our ability to think to have pictures inside our mind that we can produce in reality. Everything starts as a precept, as a formulation of thought. You can turn a precept into a concept. That concept can turn into a bank. It becomes an institution. People house their money in for the next hundred years. You understand me? All started from a small inkling of a thought. But then man didn't just keep that thought in his head. He wrote it down on paper. He spoke it out to someone out loud. He got other minds to give attention to his vision. They lend the collective consciousness and energy. And all of a sudden you had a system that was working on its own. You understand me? So when we write things down, we are investing in the production of a new reality. We're investing in the production of our thoughts. Right now, if you ask the average person what they're going to do in the next 10 years, you don't know. They've never written it down. Most people don't have power over themselves. Everybody won't admit it, because you don't think about it on a daily basis. But if you got got advice, and you got something you want to quit, and you say, you know what, I'm going to stop doing that. Or you know, you got something you want to do, and you say, I'm going to start doing that. You write it down, you might even speak it out loud. So how come you can't control yourself, where when you give yourself an order, you don't listen? See, You got the conscious and the subconscious consciously we can have an intention yeah but subconsciously we don't believe ourselves yet it has to become a subconscious intention and see the act of writing it down the act of putting it in your environment being around other people in that environment that allow Mm -hmm. it to become fostered and burrowed deep into the mind into the subconscious into the upconscious then it can become a conscious intention because it's aligned mm. with whatever your current frequency is. But it has what you do frequently becomes your frequency. Yeah. You say this all the time. Yeah, because it's true. So yeah. once it becomes habit forming, it becomes a part of you, right? So that act of writing it down is the first step into presenting it to yourself and to your subconscious because you're lending energy and effort. And now it's becoming believed, like, oh, this person might be serious. Because the only person you have to convince is yourself, your own mind. (laughs) Mm. You know, we go to friends that we know negative, and we go to them with good ideas. You understand me? But listen, if you got a good mind and you got strong thoughts, your idea is already good because you came up with it.
2: Mm. Not because it was validated by anybody else. That led me to my next question that I wanted to ask. What is the importance of having that millionaire mindset? The
3: importance of the millionaire mindset, the importance of the wealth mindset. Yeah. And the mindset, it's 80% mindset, 20% skill set. And to be honest, it goes like this how many people can i serve whoever provides the best and the most service to the most people will be the wealthiest mm. jeff bezos how many customers have he served hmm. he's number one leading right now when we go look at tesla and one year we see how many cars they had in production and then the next year we see it's up 50 percent he served more people you understand me when we look at great leaders throughout culture and throughout time, how would they remember it? Because of all the people that they served. So if you have the mindset of service and you work to produce an act of service for humanity, you are guaranteed a level of wealth. You are guaranteed money because how can you make a million dollars? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you can service 10 high level clients at $100,000 if you've got $100,000 worth of value for each of those clients. But if you don't, you got to start breaking that down, right? How can I serve a thousand people? You understand me, that's a thousand customers. How can I serve 10,000 people? If I can serve 10,000 people with a certain level of value, they will exchange and then I'll become a millionaire. Or maybe you have a lower tier product. How do I serve 20,000? Whatever it is, you can just do the math, right? So the mindset, this mathematical mindset, this willful mindset, this visionary mindset allows you to do the math on your future and what you want to produce. Every thing you want to manifest is a math problem. People yeah. always talk about oh I ain't never used math. Mm. It's the simple math. Multiplication. Yeah. You understand me? Addition.
2: Subtraction. You
3: know. Subtraction. <laughs> and if you just add it up, you can sit down on a piece <clears> of paper real <throat> quick, say, I want to be a beer. this is what I'm going to get. This is what I'm going to do. Because it's the law of exchange. The law of exchange goes like this, for everything I want, I must know what I need to exchange in order to get it, right? Yeah. Most people want things, but don't know what they will exchange for what they want. Or they're not willing to exchange. They're not willing, but that's the law of sacrifice. Sacrifice is required in order to live the life you want. Yeah. What are you willing to give up? You understand me? The laws around investment. You have to put something in in order to get a return on your investment. So a lot of people chase the money, but you're going to lose chasing the money, right? Because the money is chasing the value. So while you're chasing the money, the money is constantly going to where the value is. So you're always behind it. But when you chase the value, then the money starts to chase you. So yeah. when you produce the value, oh, I'm about to make this many shirts. Oh, I'm about to, you know, uh, uh, service this many people. I'm about to consult these folks. I'm about to make this content to reach these people. You know, I'm about to create my NFTs. This person gonna buy it for that reason, whatever it may be. You start to create value. Now, money is created to exchange for things of value. So, by the very reason that people have money in the first place. They're going to start giving it to you because you produce value. Yeah. And if you produce enough, then you can measure on how you're going to become a millionaire. And if you can produce so much for the world, you can become a billionaire, but there's other ways to do it to where you can look into investing and, you know, things of that nature, which to be honest, gives you a greater return. You investing in stocks and crypto and businesses, you understand me? That's going to give you a greater return on your money than even real estate. Right. So, you know, it's the mindset of understanding value, it's the mindset of understanding service, it's the mindset of understanding wealth, and it's the mindset of not whoring yourself out for money. Because the moment you do that, it becomes your God, and it can be used against you rather than you know how
2: to use it. Yeah, so I I see that you say money always follows the value. So I want to know which, it it don't have to be, uh, entertainment, artists or whatnot, but who do you think brings the most value to the culture at this current moment?
3: Who I think brings the most value to the culture? No,
2: actually give me your top three people who bring the most value to the culture at the moment. I wouldn't say I got a list of three people. You know, uh, of course
3: I will put number one, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I think his guidance in this time has been key and his guidance throughout. <clears throat> his entire tenure as, you know, a leader, a guider, a divine reminder in our midst has helped guide black people, you understand me, and keep them from becoming completely morally corrupt, yeah. um, from helping guide us to levels of atonement, to understanding, you know, compassion for each other, to, to be builders, you understand me, his, his relentlessness I think has been the greatest example, right, that black men in America and across the world Right. in black America, black women have had um, given that he is so high up on the list. I don't have a number two that comes close, but I would say this. This culture of leadership, these young revolutionaries, educators, um, some of the solution based activists yeah. that's utilizing technology, that's changing the world, that's breaking the rules These original thinkers that defy the rules, tear it up, disrupt the paradigm as getting into it. You understand me? Regardless of what's going on, that's the financial educators, the ones that are able to create communities that can directly point to their impact on families. I believe those are the most important for our culture, the thought leaders.
2: Yeah. Okay, I like that. I like that. Okay, so I got another question. We're going to shift it. From that, I seen I was scrolling on your Instagram, and I also met the good brother Kyrie Irving with you a couple of times, doing you know traveling around with you. I wanted to know, could you explain to me how did you meet Kyrie first though?
3: Um, it was through social media. Um, you know I always admired seeing what he put out on his social media you understand me, Um, just the imagery that he produced, um, the symbolism that he was putting out there, it was like a beacon to try to awaken the world in some different ways and and let people know that he had a level of consciousness and that he was a wide awake black man. You know, um, and then I recognized that, you know, he followed me on social media, right? I don't remember if it was me that reached out first or if it was him that reached out first, but some communication happened at that point in time so and um, YouTube. connected on a conscious level. Absolutely. That's that's okay. Absolutely. You know what I'm talking about? Reached out, sent the contact information, you know, and uh, the rest is the future from there. Um, you know, but the brother, what I recognize is that he is genuine. Yeah. Right? A lot of people reach out, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> mega stars, A-liz, all kind of different people, man. But not everybody followed through. Right. People reach out in times of discomfort in life, reach out in times where they feel like they want to do something. Right. And for a moment, it's authentic. (laughs) That authenticity has an expiration to what comfort sets back in. Oh, the Black Lives Matter not on the television oh, I'm not going through an issue, let me focus back on my comfortable life. Who am I kidding? Yes, I love what that brother Keys is doing, but I ain't got time to be on no revolutionary stuff. I ain't really trying to disrupt. Maybe if I can just throw some money somewhere and that can add to my reputation and legacy, that'll be enough for me. Most people ain't trying to get in the mud with nothing. Yeah. And so the follow-up for most people is not real. You understand me, you have one or two conversations and then they fall off and the communication is non-existent. And in order to build true brotherhood, you gotta build with folks. You gotta cipher. Yeah. Like, I don't come to anybody asking for anything. People reach out to me, and I give consult wherever I can, and or I just engage in conversation. What's going on? What you got going on? What you trying to do? What's What's life? You know, I'm not pressuring nobody to
2: become Malcolm X on day one. <laughs> I'm just so, trying to build. So you, you can agree on the fact that. You know, Kyrie Irving is a genuine person. He has has a genuine character. So, I'm pretty sure that you've been seeing all of the controversy surrounding the NBA and him not taking the vaccine. How do you feel about the whole situation? You know,
3: choice is the highest level of freedom, highest level of free will. If you take that away from a man or a woman they are no longer free. They become a slave. Yeah. If you want somebody to become a slave, right, then you celebrate when they no longer have a choice. You understand I me, mean, when they robbed of it, right? But when you appreciate freedom and you have a love for the condition of human beings and you believe that being free is a natural right that shouldn't be encumbered by no master, no regime, no institution, no companies, nothing. Then you celebrate a man for making his own decisions. Yeah. Whatever decision he make. Nobody is going around scoffing at the people who decide that they want to take, you understand me, this experiment. Yeah. Right? But for those who believe that it is otherwise against their spiritual beliefs, moral beliefs, right? Or that they just want to have control over their body and what they put in, and they want to take their own safe, mitigated risk in society. Then I think that they are 100% qualified to do so. You understand me? So this whole entire thing is, it's all about free will. This is about freedom. You understand me? So. I respect and I believe in any and every man and woman ability to be free. Hmm. You understand me? So that's my thought process on that. And, you know, it's the same conversation I had with Kyrie. I never told him to do anything or not to do anything. You know, it's just I want to provide support for those who want to make decisions about their life in the right direction. Right. In a free direction. Like. I'm not a person who glorifies sport and play all day, but I respect my brother as an athlete, as one of the greatest athletes in the world, the greatest ball handler in the world. That a person that ripped down at four years old, he wanted to become a basketball player and he produced it into reality. You understand me? I respect those who go out there and they showcase the highest level of talent and skill. And I double respect those, you understand me, that make sacrifice for what they believe in.
2: I like that. Um, You you said that you um, went and met with Kyrie Irving and because you just wanted to show him that you had genuine support behind him or whatever decision that he would make. Can you explain to the people how the importance of support in today's culture? Support
3: is necessary, man. You know, especially when you're making a dangerous decision or a strong decision. You don't want to You know, the uh, idle mind is a devil workshop, you understand me, and a a bad friend, you understand me, works for the devil. And what I mean by that is that when you're by yourself, you start to question your decisions. You know, and then when you got weak friends around you, they help you question those decisions. Right? But when you got strong-minded people, free-thinking people around you, then they help reinforce the good decisions that you Mm -hmm. make in your life. Counteracting the bad environment. You understand me? And without that support, oftentimes strong men become weak men. You understand me? And and that's what's happening all around the world today, fear, anxiety, stress. You understand me? Insecurity, pressure, right, is what's making people make decisions today, right? Which means that when you fear something, it becomes your God. It now controls you, it owns you, right? And the only way they, most of the time they utilize the control and onus is by giving something and then taking it away. You understand me? But when you have the right support system around you, it lends you the strength that you wouldn't have on your own. You know, this is a person that's surrounded by a team usually at all times. Right. So used to having a team, used to having a support system. But what happens when your decision goes against what is normal that team no longer there so you yeah. need a new team to help you with these new decisions right it's the same for anybody your friends there when you're making a rational decision that they believe in yeah the moment you make a decision your friends don't believe in they no longer there so you have to tap into people that do support that decision you understand me and a lot of people they try to change make change without changing their environment right mm. Every new level of consciousness comes with, needs to come with a new support system. You know, if I wanna sell drugs on the corner, the homies that support selling drugs, go support that. But if I tell them I wanna spend all my hours learning, going to school, nah, nigga, I ain't with that. So now I gotta go hang around students, my new support system. You understand me? Those students might not be fighters. I tell them I wanna become a boxer. Oh, well, I'm about to be in here studying. Well, I go to the gym and I'm around fighters. Yeah. That's my trainers. That's my new support system, right? You got a slave that's stuck on the plantation. The other slave go support you in the chain. They're doing work with you in coordination and organization for the master. Tell them same slaves that you want to break free. You understand me? Now you got to go find other like-minded people that also want to be free. That's your new support system. So, in every decision that you make, if your old support system is not aligned with your new decision, you need a new support system that is aligned with your new intentions.
2: Mm. So, we're gonna get back into 2021. It'd be a lot going on in the world that needs fixing. And you have a lot of these, you know, high profile, whether it's artists, entertainers, or whatnot, you have them in positions to where their voice would be a helping hand for everyone or at least they can bring more resource to minimize these problems that we have but why do you think that so many of them act like cowards and never speak on it well because many of them are cowards you know like i said man
3: many people have been isolated in their environments and they only care about selfish things everybody don't have this heart where they care about the culture in the world it just sounds good. It feels good when people think you're doing good, yeah. right? You know, you, you can give charity, right? And um, you can do things that give you this basic level of appreciation in a culture. But when it comes to actually having it part of your character, that's what most people lack. It's a personality. It's, it's a public relations stunt for most people. You hire a PR person, they tell you how to look good in front of the people. That don't mean that this rapper or sports person wanted to do this. They PR person told them that. Yeah. You understand me? And when they did it, it was actually a good look. It made you look real black.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but then when it comes to the test of time, they ain't with it for real. Because they environment, vibrant, you got to understand, from morning to evening, they don't live in that world. Yeah. Everything is comfortable for me. I got money. People tell me where to invest it. People tell me what to think, do. I get invited to all places. I'm honored, loved, respected. When do I have time to connect to the plight of black America? When do I have time to connect to the plight of poor people, right, and injustice and oppression? When my environment, 100% of the time, is tapped into a 1% elitist world? There has to be something so shocking and so disruptive that grabs your attention for a moment in time, you get angry because it's disrupting your world. This is what people really get angry. I'm angry because I even got to pay attention to this. Yeah. I'm angry because it just disrupted my dinner. It just disrupted my life. So now I got to speak on this so I can get back to the life that I want to live. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with living in the state of heaven. But when the rest of the world is in hell, You're not an angel in heaven. You understand me? Yeah. You fooling yourself. You're on demon time. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So it's like, those who can help and that help are good people. Those who can not help and don't
2: help are not good people. It's simple to me. Okay. Okay. Well, I I travel around a lot, and I, I noticed that... You know, people. I pay attention to the music that people listen to when I get in the car. It might be an Uber or anything, and I and I noticed that a lot of people listening to rap music yeah. became like the number one genre of music right now. So, who is your favorite rap artist? Like, who is 19 Keys pulling up, listening to? Who Who is his go-to artist when he start the car up and pull up in the morning? Man, you know, I'll be listening to a lot of music.
3: I don't think I have a favorite, though. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to listen to some J Electronica. Yeah. I'm going to listen to some Bashir music. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, I'm going to listen to some Jay-Z. I do like that new Expensive Pain, right? Um, I know there was a controversy about the album cover, right? Yeah. But, I mean, hip-hop itself is the album cover, right? Um, but it was a lot of relatables in that. Um, I like the Nas, the new yeah. Nas that just came out specifically King's Disease 2, Fire, I think actually is his best work. Um I love some J. Cole's Kendrick, you know. Yeah. Uh you know, when I'm feeling real Bay Area, I might slap on some Mozzie, you know. Um you know, I mean it's a lot of music. I mean for, but a lot of times I, I fast from music. I don't listen to music on a daily basis, you know, just because I don't be wanting everybody's thoughts in my head. When I mm-hmm. when when it get quiet in my house, I can hear the lyrics and if those lyrics ain't got nothing to do with the type of person I want to be, situations I'm going through, a vision mm-hmm. I'm trying to produce, that's an unnecessary frequency taken away from the dominant frequency I'm trying to produce. But yeah. music I rock with, I love music. You know, when new music listen, come out, I always take a, a listen, give it an ear. Um, yeah. But I ain't been impressed by new rappers lately. You know, I like Corday. I think he put out some dope music. Um, I like the record T.I. and his son did. There's a few
2: stuff, man. Uh, yeah, okay, so we're going to keep it real controversial. Which, well, can you, like, would you give the people a couple of orders that you don't think bring enough value to the coach or who are slowing down our progress at the moment?
3: I never thought about it in terms like that. I don't think nobody has that much power to just slow down our progress, per se. Um but I mean I think you look at um I can't even think of their names because I don't be really slapping them like that. Um uh, I'm trying to think of like the Playboy Carties of the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't get that music. Yeah. It ain't even that I don't get it. You know, I'm young enough to un to like to be able to listen to something and then just vibe out and forget the lyrics. But the image that they put behind it. The occult symbolisms yeah. and all of the weird stuff is what I don't like. I find myself listening to something, and I gotta ask, what did they say? And I don't know what they said, or they not saying anything that makes any coherent sense,
2: yeah.
3: right? I gotta stop listening to them. Because it's just stupid, right? And then also, I just don't think they're that they're talented, to be honest. You know, I think it just contributes. And if you watch a dumb movie, right afterwards, you go feel dumb, like literally. <laughs> no, it's just a fact your IQ just decreased. So if you listen to a dumb song, right afterwards, your IQ just decreased. You know what I'm saying? Like You go watch a suspense thriller that has your mind thinking, and it's about a smart character, your mind starts to mimic that. You start to think in that same manner, that same pattern. Same thing with lyrical music, you gotta listen to what they saying. But this music ain't about that, it's just about the vibes. You Understand me is what Jeezy was prophetic in saying. I'd rather, I'd rather listen to your instrumentals, <laughs> yeah.
0: you understand me? Yeah. Let's just be
3: honest. But yeah. I think I, that's I, the most detrimental those who create images that don't represent any strength, any power, anything. Man, it's just like you know, it's like they want everybody want to be rock stars, yeah. And them rock stars were weirdos, let's be honest. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like you following in the footsteps of a bunch of weirdos. And then you say, well, I'm a rock star because, you know, I, I, you wear a purse and makeup and paint your nails. Like, hmm. and I, whatever that even means, you feel me? But it's basically saying that I don't have to follow any of the conventional rules. I can do whatever
2: I want to, and I'll be praised
3: and loved by my
2: court. Yeah. I heard when I asked you the first question about music, you told me that you don't listen to music often. Huh. Like, you, you, you actually take a break. Yeah. And you silence it out. So can you explain? Oh, the, Nipsey
3: hustle, man. Come on, with oh, yeah, most definitely. Come on, man. man. You know Nipsey hustle. I, I, I probably play <laughs> Nipsey more than anything. Everybody know. You give me the Oscar yeah. We get an event, we had a social, I'm slapping put on the it. Yeah. Everybody
2: know that. Yeah, but I, I want you to explain to the people the importance of taking a break and sitting in silence sometimes. Mm. You know, mindfulness.
3: I love being quiet. Like, let's take ten seconds and we just won't say nothing.
2: Now, nah, it was like twenty seconds, but if we gonna go home, we <laughs> get the interview back rolling. But the point of it was that
3: a lot of people got anxious yeah 10 to 20 seconds one minute is a lot you start counting damn that was 10 already let's get back to it what did that 10 cost you we always need to fill in the empty spaces instead of allowing it to flow yeah this is why so many people have mental health issues because when do you ever give your mind the chance to take a break yeah when does it have any time for reparations? You know, reparations is repairment. Your mind never gets reparations because it's always working like a slave. Yeah. You understand me? Getting beat to death, stress, anxiety, worrying, overthinking. Never getting a break. Some people cannot sit with themselves inside for too long. You know, you at home, I gotta go to the club because I need to have this music in my environment. I don't wanna be here in my thoughts. Because most people, when they're with their thoughts, they start thinking negative. Yeah. Damn, I ain't shit in life. I ain't got no money. Ain't nothing going on. I ain't got nobody to i with. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't really want to feel like sitting down and studying and learn nothing. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Let me go out. I need my mind to be distracted. Because that conscious mind is always trying yeah. to think for you. Once you give it a distraction, it's gone. Now it's there. So I then a person to go to heavier things, I need to do some drugs. I need to get the hell out of my mind. That's literally what people do, you understand me? But those who have the ability to go in their mind, you start to have mindfulness. You practice real self-mastery, right? You gain a level of calmness. Nobody can own you anymore because nobody can make you angry. You detach from the reality of things. They no longer control your emotions. You lose some money.
2: You're not attached to the results. It is, exactly.
3: Yeah. When I find myself um, overly stressed and not being mindful, right? Because I'm not always the greatest mindful person on the planet, because I'll be thinking of so many, I'll be having too many tabs open in my head sometimes, and I'll be needing to cut these tabs. You can't think of multiple things at once. You have to lend good, focused energy to one thing at a time if you really want to get on some mastery. So, you know, meditation always will be the greatest, but just sitting by yourself in meditation or just sitting by yourself, period, and thinking and getting comfortable with the silence, because stillness speaks. Yeah. In a world where everything is moving, you can look at a pole and it's just sitting there still. And it allows you to center yourself when you see other still things in your environment. Then you gain, if everybody is watching can do this with me, this is how you can test where your mind is. How much chaos is going on? Imagine um, you are at a beach or a lake, right? Nighttime, stars out. Is the water calm? Or is it flushing on the, on the, on the, uh, the shores? You understand me? Is there's constant waves and no matter what you do You cannot get that water to calm down. You cannot get that water to sit still. That's your mind. Yeah. Once you do that, it lets you know where your mind is. A lot of people go do it right now. You understand Mm -hmm. me? And see if it works. See is that goddamn lake or that beach is still. And you can see the moonlight shining on it because it's still. Or is it washing on the shores? Is it a tidal wave? Is it a storm?
2: What's going on? Yeah, it also goes back to people learning the universal laws. Once you learn them, you can become a master of those laws. So, yeah. like you said, self-mastery is key. And it brings me to another question. I have a list of questions that I've been We'll get to this last one to the again. Phone. we going a part two. Uh, this is the last question. Okay. Um, Someone had reached out to me and they asked me about, can I ask Mr. Keys what's the importance of submissive women? <laughs> <laughs> the
3: question is more so, what's the importance of healthy relationships? Yeah. And what do healthy relationships look like, right? Because we all must submit to something, right? A lot of people, if you got a job, right, and your boss tells you, I need you to show up here, I need you to do this. I need you to work here for these hours. This is your, your role at this job. You're going to say yes. Once you agree to that, whether it's contractually um, or not, or whatever it is, that's submission. But why are you submitting? You're submitting because of the reward of the submission. Well, if I submit and I do this work, I get paid. If I get paid, I can utilize the money and however I want to, right? Let's take a relationship. You're in a relationship. Hey, this is what I come with. This is who I am. This is what I do. You understand me? When a man can properly lay out and communicate, you understand me? Um, all that he comes with, who he is, what's his vision, what's his plan, you understand me? Then he can provide the opportunity for the woman to submit or not. But submission is not overpowering, right? And this is where a lot of people go destructive in their thinking because they, a lot of people confuse submission with a sort of oppression. You understand me? Submission is an agreement right yeah it's saying that no i'm not going to defy you we're going to have agreement we're going to have cooperation here right but the caution that comes along with that is that a woman should not submit to a man who has not submitted to god if the man doesn't submit to anything then she may be submitting to his ego yeah but see when a man on a, a man of mission a man of purpose a man of God, what's going to check him is the standards that he put upon himself, his faith, his God, his rules, his religion, his spirituality. You understand me? That's the beauty. Because then she can hold him accountable. Well, I only submitted to you because I was submitting to the God within. I'm not submitting to the nigga that's acting out. Yeah. You understand me? So a lot of people want women to submit to their nigga. Nah. What you're trying to do or what you're working to do is the woman is submitting to the God within. That's all. When you want her to do some things that are not aligned with your godliness, she ain't gotta submit to none of that and she shouldn't because that's when she can be taken advantage of. You understand me? So the submissiveness is a quality of agreement, right? Mm, The quality. It's a feminine quality of agreement. I'm not acting in defiance of things that are of my best interest. If you're leading someone in the right direction, you submit to the order of the instruction. right? Yeah. We submit all day long. A lot of us submit to our vices, our problems. We submit to our friends, our peers. They got a plan for us. I submit. I'm going there. right? So, nobody wants to be in a relationship with somebody who is, has a rebellious spirit. I'm going to defy you just because. I'm not going to listen to anything that you say. You understand me? But at the same time, yes, a man has to have a plan if he wants to be submitted to, but a man has to submit to God
2: first. The supreme knowledge.
3: Right. And then she has to hold that man to the standard of what he submits to in order for her to submit to him. Right. Right? So submissive women are important in the sense that it allows for the collaboration of the sexes. Right. Mm -hmm. Men and women. Right? But like I said, when that man is submitting to God, then yes, she can submit to him. Right, because he's going to act properly within his nature and his righteousness and his morals and his goals. Right, and he gonna do the right thing. But you should never submit to a no good nigga. You know what I'm talking about? And niggas be trying to pimp their way into situations and get women to submit so they can overpower them. I seen some on social media talking about women need to submit because if I was there, I would make you. That's not submission well, if you make yeah. it, you understand me? That's that's force, that's a rape court, that's some weird shit. So no, I think a lot of niggas don't even deserve that. But at the end of the day, I think what a lot of people are trying to get to is a standard of respect and love and compassion and empathy and feminine energy and nurturing qualities that are not the norm and a standard in society. So I think that question comes from this place of, you know, Uh, that energy you get from your mother when she's taking care of you, right? Like, your mother don't submit to you, but she's loving to you. You understand me? And she'll help you, right? Your mother gives you the most comforting, loving energy if you got a good mother in life. And she gives you the first glimpse of what that feminine energy is, right? Because she provides that comfort and that nurturing and that challenge to you when you need it. But that's a key point, too, as well, because just because a woman submits to the plan and the goal and the ideas and the vision, right, doesn't mean that she shouldn't provide a gentle challenge to help you grow. Yeah. Right? And a lot of men can't handle that.
2: Yeah, they think it's going to get easy. Right. It'll, it'll never, never, ever get easy. <laughs> See, a woman can only be in her
3: feminine submission if you in your masculine divine. You understand me, cause that masculine man ain't gonna take things personal. He ain't gonna be operating his insecurities and his jealousy, and his vanity from his face
2: instead of her face. Yeah, Yeah. he
3: gonna be on a high level. Yeah, you understand me. So then it becomes natural. It's not something you gotta ask. It's something she already go do. When you start to force it, that's something different. You overpowering. It's cowardly right? You not at that caliber. You ain't that man yet. You on some Kevin Samuels type shit where you think, oh, I make a certain amount of money. Submit to me. (laughs) That's a weak nigga. Let's be reality. That's a weak nigga. It's a lot of weak niggas that only, they don't have nothing on the inside. They only have things on the outside. I got a car. Submit to me. I got a house. Submit to me. I got a good job. I make money. Submit to me. I got status. Submit to me. Nah. Nigga, who are you? Yeah. What, 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 what you are stand your, for? What's your, what your values, you, yeah. morals, goals, principles? <laughs> What's your mission? Yeah. You ain't got nothing to submit to. Nothing worthy of submitting to. And a lot of people, unfortunately, have submitted to the most unworthy things and then those things betray them. Because they were designed to. You understand me? And then you blame the act of submission as the issue. Act, the problem was you submitted to the wrong things in the first place.
2: You submitted to the devil, and then you blamed God. We gonna end it out on that and come back with a part two for you all. Uh, thanks for having Mr. 19 Keys in the war room. You know he don't hold back. I'm glad that I could be Appreciate the one it, to interview brother. him. I'm Steve Jones. Tap back in with us. Catch part two. Peace out. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you.
3: My clothes out, don't be doing my clothes out on my show. Just the war room. <laughs> a conversation about political, economic, and
2: welfare. This is the war room.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices.